We have an anchor that keeps the soul Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson Preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi And now, Mike Hickson In Psalm 46... The psalmist affirmed, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Have you ever been in trouble? In real trouble? Has your life ever been turned upside down? Trouble looming. Life falling apart. If that's where you are today, this lesson's for you. Because in looking at Psalm 46, the psalmist describes a very difficult situation. Fortunately, he recognized God as the source of our strength and a refuge for our soul. So I want you to think with me in our study today about how God is a refuge in times of trouble. Because as you well know, trouble is a reality in this world. And so we begin by first and foremost talking about the reality of trouble. And I guess in order to maybe put this lesson in perspective, it would be helpful for us to hear what Job had to say many, many years ago. Man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. That's found in chapter 14 at verse 1. Sometimes we ask the question, why do we have trouble in life? That is a fair question. And yet, what I want you to understand is there's an answer. The answer to why we have trouble and sorrow, hurt, illness, disease, death, It all goes back to the Garden of Eden. That's where it all began. When mankind sinned against the Creator, as you well know, death made its entrance into the world. Death spiritually, yes. Death physically, absolutely. Paul said, through one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. In Romans chapter 5, at verse 12. The Bible talks about in Romans chapter 8, the sufferings of this present world. You see, we live in a world of suffering, trial, and difficulty. And so sometimes it's good for us to go back 
and to remind ourselves why we face trouble and trial in this world. And so to ask the question, why do we have trouble in this life? Well, the short answer is because of sin. And because of what sin has done to the human family overall. Paul would write in Romans chapter 8, not only of the sufferings of this present world, but he would say the whole creation groans and travails in pain. And so if you are in trouble and trial, take heart. You're not alone. Let me ask this question. We've asked, why do we have trouble in life? But a second question, who has trouble in life? If I were to ask you today to raise your hand, if you have trouble and trial in your life, or if you have had trouble and trial in your life, I would imagine that just about all of us would raise our hands. Why? Because we have all been in dark places. We have all faced troublesome times. Someone has said, and I think it's true, there are three kinds of people in the world. There are people who have problems. There are people who will have problems. And there are people who are overcoming problems. So the bottom line is trouble and trial common to everyone. And so as we think about those who have had trouble in days gone by, the psalmist in chapter 46 describes the difficulties and trials of life and talks about really the world, creation as we know it, in an upheaval. And that's what trouble and trial does in life. It turns our world upside down, doesn't it? Sometimes it distorts our perception of life. Sometimes it robs us of our joy and happiness, our serenity. And so the psalmist in Psalm 46 was one who faced difficult times. Some have said the backdrop to this particular psalm would be that of those who lived during the days of Hezekiah when Assyria was threatening the children of Israel. Sennacherib was threatening and taunting King Hezekiah. And so the psalmist said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I think not only about the psalmist here and in Psalm 46, I do not believe David penned this psalm. David did write a number of the psalms and over in chapter 55, I want to call attention to what David said about some of the troubles in his life. In verse 4 he said, My heart is severely pained within me and the terrors of death have fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me. Horror has overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then I would fly away and be at rest. Have you ever wanted to just somehow 
remove yourself from the circumstances that you're facing? Wouldn't you like sometimes to just get away from it all? That's really the plea of the psalmist here. To simply remove himself from the present circumstances. And in his words, be at rest. In verse 7 he said, Indeed, I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. David knew a lot about trouble and trial. And so I think it's helpful for us to sometimes look at those great Bible heroes. Because sadly sometimes in looking at their lives we forget they were human just like us. And we forget that they experienced trials and tribulations and sorrows and hurts, illnesses and diseases, and yes, even death. We think about those great heroes of faith, and yet even though they were heroes of our faith, they were still human beings. And they lived and walked in the same world that we live and walk in today. So the psalmist in chapter 46, he would number himself among the troubled. David would number himself among the troubled. And then Jesus. Think about what Jesus faced at the hands of his own creation. The apostle Peter said that Christ has left us an example that we should follow in his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile, deceit found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, threatened not. But who his own self bore our sins in his body on the cross. Did Jesus face trouble in life? Yes, he did. Did he suffer? Well, you know the answer. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18... Peter said, Christ also once suffered for sins. The just for the unjust. So Jesus himself tasted of trouble and trial in this world. And then, what about Paul? In writing to the church at Corinth, Paul talked about the numerous revelations that he had received. And he said, Lest he be exalted above measure, there was given unto him a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet him. And he said, For this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that he would remove it. And the Lord responded by saying, My grace is sufficient for you. Paul had his trials and tribulations and tough times. And then I guess... No lesson on trouble and trial would be complete without talking about Job, would it? We think about that great patriarch of the past. The one who penned the words, man born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. And let me tell you what, he knew what he was talking about. In chapters 1 and 2, the Bible talks about how he lost ten precious children, seven sons and three daughters. He lost a great deal of his wealth. And if that wasn't enough, then he lost his health. 
Add to that the loss of support from his own wife because she said, curse God and die. And he said, you speak as a foolish woman. So here was a guy that faced trouble. I think sometimes it's helpful for us to think about people that have been where we are because they can empathize and sympathize with our plight in life. So the reality of trouble in life, but then there's a second thing I want to call attention to, and that is our resolve in trouble. And I want you to look again at Psalm 46 as we think about our resolve in trouble. I want to encourage us, first and foremost, to resolve to trust God in times of trouble. Now listen to what is recorded. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Now look at verse 2. Key to what we're talking about. Therefore, in light of the fact that God is our refuge and strength, our present help in trouble, the psalmist said, Therefore we will not fear. Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling. Faith over fear. You see, when you face trouble in life, sometimes you become afraid. And yet what triumphs over fear is faith. Turn over, if you would, and look at Psalm 56. David in the long ago chronicles some difficult times in his life. And in Psalm 56, verse 3, I love what David said. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. He said, I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? Drop down if you would. Look at verse 10. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. Now listen to him. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? David here in a very unapologetic way talks about his fears. And he said, whenever I'm afraid, what will I do? He said, I will trust in you. What the psalmist say in Psalm 46? He said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. The world may turn upside down. Things may seem out of kilter, but we're not going to fear. Why? Because our trust, our faith is in God. We need that same kind of faith, don't we? So we talk about resolving to trust in the Lord. Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Learning to put our trust in God. And then, not only are we encouraged to resolve to trust God in times of trouble, but I would submit to you that we must learn to resolve. We must resolve to turn everything over to God. In other words, resolve to turn our troubles over to God. Does that make sense? 
In other words, give it to Him. Well, how do we do that? Prayer. Did you know that prayer is the prescription to your pain? The pain, the heartache, the suffering, the troubles that we face, can't we turn to God in prayer? In Psalm 55, the passage I read just a moment ago, David describes his difficult times in life. And he said, Evening, morning, and noon will I pray and cry aloud. David recognized that the prescription for a pained heart is prayer. Did Jesus not say that men ought to always pray and not faint, not become discouraged? Is it not the case that we are encouraged to draw boldly to the throne of grace? That we may find mercy and grace to help? Listen to him, in time of need, that's in times of trouble. If your heart is weary, if you're hurting to the core, pray. Prayer is the prescription to your pain. Not only is prayer the prescription to pain, but it is the antidote to your anxiety. The psalmist talks about the world turned upside down. And everything is in an upheaval. Life is out of kilter. In times like that, quite frankly, we become bewildered, anxious, Worried, we fret over the future. And yet here's what, here's what the Bible says. In nothing be anxious, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So to recognize that whatever pain, whatever anxiety we face in life, we have the right to turn it over to God. And the Apostle Peter said that we are to cast all our cares on Him, and the reason is very simply said, because He cares for you. Whatever trouble and trial you are facing as we speak today, God cares. God's aware of it. And God has the ability to provide you with the comfort that you need. So, the reality of trouble, our resolve in trouble, and then the reminder in trouble. There are three things I want to share with you along these lines. First, I want to talk about how we need to remember the power of God. Notice, if you would, what is said in verse 6. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever we face in life, how ever turbulent things may seem in life, here's what you need to understand. God is still on His throne and He is still in control. The psalmist said, 
the Lord reigns, Psalm 99, verse 1. That's a truth that will never fade away. The Lord is in control. Do you believe that? He's in control. And really what the psalmist is doing is inviting us to take a tour of history. Go back and look at how God delivered the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. See His great power at work. Think about how God operated in the lives of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were thrust into that burning, fiery furnace. Who was there for them? God was, wasn't He? The power of God on display. When Daniel was cast into a den of lions, who was there with him? God was. Who delivered him? God did. Time and again, the providential goodness of Almighty God at work. You can go back and you can look at history and you can see how God worked in a marvelous way in the lives of His people. I said just a moment ago, some see Psalm 46 as a backdrop to Sennacherib's threats to the children of Israel. If you go back and you read that account, The Bible talks about how Hezekiah went in before the Lord and he simply spread everything out before him and prayed to God. And do you know what God did? The Bible says the angel of the Lord, I believe that was the Christ, second member of the Godhead, the angel of the Lord went through the camp in the night and 185,000 people were put to death. Tell me God's not a powerful God. Remember the power of God. Secondly, I want to encourage you to remember the peace of God. Listen now to what the psalmist said. There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. And then drop down, look at verse 10. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Just a moment ago, we talked about Philippians chapter 4. Where Paul said, those of us who are Christians, we enjoy the peace that passes all understanding. Look, I may not necessarily understand everything going on in my life. And I might have trouble and trial. My perception might become skewed. But I need to remember not just the power of Almighty God, but the peace of Almighty God. To know that there is peace in the Lord. I love the words of the psalmist when he said, Be still and know that I'm God. The idea here is, let me put it in our vernacular, chill out. That's what he's saying. Sometimes we forget about the God we serve. We forget about the power of God. We forget about the peace of God. And so, to simply step back and recognize that we serve the God who created the heavens and the earth, 
who made us in his own image and likeness, who is concerned about us, who wants the very best for us, and who gives us the peace that passes all understanding. Third thing here, we remember the power of God, the peace of God, and the presence of God. Note, if you would, what is said in verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Two times, the psalmist here affirms the ever-present God. The Lord of hosts. The Lord of armies. To think about no matter where we go in life, the Lord is there. That's a great encouragement, isn't it? We face life, God's there. We face death, God's there. When you think about it, the psalmist here is saying, the Lord of hosts is with us. Look, the world may be upside down. Things may be falling apart in my life, but I need to understand this. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. He's right there. He's not going anywhere. The Hebrew writer said many, many years ago, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now let me tell you what, there are a lot of promises in Scripture. Could you put a price tag on the presence of God? I mean, you think about God saying, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I won't walk away from you. What was it Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4? At my first defense, no man stood with me. All men forsook me. Then he said, the Lord stood with me. The Lord strengthened me. The same Lord that stood with Paul, strengthened Paul. He'll stand with you and he will strengthen you. That's a great blessing. Psalm 46, in my estimation, one of the mountaintop psalms. Because it lends encouragement to the discouraged. It's a pinnacle passage. And sometimes we need to remember that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, could I just say this? I don't know how you've made it this far. I don't know how folks make it outside of Christ. Troubles, the trials, the tribulations, the pain, the heartache, the sorrow, the misery, the hurts of life. And yet, in Christ, things are different. To know that we have all the great blessings of God, that we have prayer at our disposal, that we have the presence of God, we have the peace of God, we have so many blessings. So if you're here today and you're not a Christian, I want to encourage you to come to Christ because Jesus Christ loved you enough to go to Calvary and die for your sins. Jesus himself said, Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus would never have gone to the cross had he not loved you and me. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? 
Would you be willing to turn away from a life of sin? To confess the name of Jesus before others, to be baptized into Christ, immersed in the water of grave of baptism, so that all your sins can be washed away, Acts 22, 16. If you will do that, that's the first important step in the road to getting home to be with God in heaven one day. And then to understand as we travel through life, we're here for one another. We, like Paul, can rejoice with those who rejoice. We can weep with those who weep. We bear one another's burdens. We're here for one another. So if you're here today and you haven't obeyed the gospel, let me tell you what, today would be a great day. You know, Isaiah many years ago said, Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Beautiful snow around us reminds us of the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus, that your sins can be washed away. You can stand before God pure and just in His sight and live in hope of life eternal, which God who cannot lie promised before the world began. If you're not faithful to His cause and we could pray with you and for you, John said if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. Steadfast and sure while the billows roll Fastened to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love